Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. And due to popular demand, I bring back Miss Jody Reynosa and Mr. Will Nutter, aka Joe Johan Fritz. Now, unlike most podcast episodes I do with metaphysics authors, doctors, and engineers, I put loads of scientific information in the show description. But for this episode, we're going to discuss what we're getting from our clients in our quantum hypnosis practices. So I always caveat, please be open-minded, but mostly practice discernment. So with that, Miss Jody Reynosa and Mr. Will Nutter, welcome Back to recovery. Thank you so much. You We're honored to be back. Yeah. Yeah. So some time has lapsed. The holidays have come when came and went. And I hope you guys didn't put too much extra um holiday weight on. But <laughs> <laughs> but this is gonna be a fun one because this is more of a kind of in like an informal, just kind of swap uh, from one practitioner to another. And um I have been doing quantum hypnosis and many other modalities my whole life, but I've been doing quantum hypnosis with QHHT and then BQH and some other ones um, as far back as 2012. And I love to swap notes with practitioners all over the world because everyone gets something different to see what the heck is going on in this reality uh, through our clients and what is happening to our clients as well. So we can get kind of real fa- real-time developments as they happen. So before we compare notes, um, can you briefly tell the audience how you even got into quantum hypnosis? For me, actually, I heard about Dolores Cannon And I started voraciously reading and listening to her books on audible.com. I would go on long walks, like three to five mile walks. And I would just go through her books and listen. And I just thought, wow, maybe one day I will do this. This is a really amazing modality. And first I wanted my own QHHT and session. And so I, you know, scoured the internet to try to find a practitioner close to me. And so my first My first session, I believe, was in around 2013, between 2013 and 2015 timeframe. And there was so much happening in my life. And I was awakening to so many things, um, kind of like unpeeling that onion. And I found this woman in Mill Valley, California, and she was awesome. And we uncovered so much. And, you know, a lot of our clients talk about this, and I felt the same way. And that's when I 
came to consciousness, like full consciousness, I was like, wow, I said that? <laughs> I can't believe that that was me. Like I was the mouthpiece for my superconscious or my, my SC, you know, this was amazing. And um, I listened to that recording for a long time because you get little bits and pieces, um, you know, as time goes by and you're in a different place, you know, on your journey, you know, say a few months down the road, a year down the road, two years down the road. And as you listen, you get little bits and pieces. Now, I started off with Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss, before Dolores Cannon. And, you know, the psychologist who he would help people with phobias and help people with, you know, all sorts of PTSD. But then he kept getting clients who would go beyond birth. You know, like he didn't believe in past lives, but yet his clients kept seeing all the stuff when they'd go under and seeing all this past life stuff. And he was like, okay, I've got to research this. This is unbelievable to me. And he'd find that it was all factual. The things that they would see, the attire in that time period was correct. The names of the cities that they would say. So that's what we're seeing in, in our client base as well. Yeah, the book that Jody's uh, chatting about so eloquently is called Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm -hmm. And if you guys haven't checked it out, I recommend you do. Um, it's interesting. I mean, Dolores' Dolores's books are also brilliantly written, but they're also written in a way that it's good for both practitioners and people who are going to get sessions. So if you're somebody who's trying to figure out what's going on with you and why it's happening and kind of the, I guess we call it the, the underpinnings of the nuts and bolts of why it's happening, they're great books to read. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. I'm going to put links to them in the show descriptions for people who have yet to read them. Um, so, you know, two things that come up because for both of you, you guys, well, for you, Jody, you came in through curiosity because you were really interested in the contents. It was amusing and curiosity. And then, uh, Will, for you, you came in through PTSD and having alcoholism and addiction issues that were kept on coming back and that you were repressing something that you don't know why do I have PTSD? I can't figure it out. Um, and so for both of you guys, what you uncovered was um, the secret, I'm sorry, the secret sp space program, mm -hmm. right? And so the thing that's interesting is um, I, I, I did one myself early on when I was investigating the modality and I've been investigating energy healing um, and consciousness modalities my whole life as a Buddhist. And I'm always, always fascinated at the new, different ways that people come up with. And so this one was like uh, really easy to pick up and really easy to try. And so uh, it's just a good skill to have, mm -hmm. uh, but it's just deep meditation. But the thing that I found interesting is whether I did it myself or had a practitioner uh, close to me do it, or you you guys found one close to you guys, um, the lives that come up, the information, it seems like you're making it up. But then when you do the research or when clients do the research on the information that they uncovered, they oftentimes find that the information is factual. So then it makes it even harder to believe that um, are these past life life between lives and future lives and even parallel lives, are these memories legitimate or are they fantasy? Because if they're fantasy, why would 
it be verified. So let's talk about that part first. So when you guys were um, going through your sessions to verify it for your own recall, what information did you look into to make sure that this was real or this was fantasy? So with my so sessions, the very I talked about this actually in my testimony. One of the very first sessions I did, um, Connie put me under and what the part that I remember I was having a really, really hard time going under, but once she got me, she tried to put me under the first time and she immediately brought me back up and she actually had me do this relaxation technique that she taught and it put me right back under. And that second time when I went under, um, all of a sudden I was completely under. And while I was under from what she had said, uh, I started speaking in German, full blown German. Uh, she had wrote down as much as she could at the speed at which I was talking. And what happened was, is come to find out she, I, when I, when I came to, she's like, she's how long have you spoken in German? I said, I, I don't speak German. And I was like emphatic about it. I was like dead on. Like, I don't speak German. She's like, you just spoke for over, over 30 minutes in German. Hmm. And I'm like, what? And then she takes that transcript to someone who was a professor at my college to BVU. She went there. She had him actually transcribe it. And he directly asked her, he said, where did you get this particular dialect from? What book did you get it from? And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, he's like, well, this dialect died out in 1943 in Germany when third army rolled through this section of Germany. It doesn't exist anymore. So how did you get a hold of this particular dialect? And she's like, well, this came out of a, a 20, you know, 23, 24 year old client I had sitting in my office. Mm -hmm. He's like, that's impossible because he wasn't, he's not old enough to know this dialect. And they translated it. And what it translated into was a conversation between me, the person that I call the old man and this third party. Mm -hmm. And we were actually having this conversation. And um, in that conversation, the old man was trying to get me, it was my very first command mission where I was given full command of the ship. And uh, the stress reaction I had here, the here and now, I actually had taken my uh, fingernails and pushed them into the palms of my hands so hard because I was stressing out so hard I'd blow on the floor. Now, Connie mm. used a different method. It wasn't the QHHT method, right. um, but very similar. Though. It is similar, yeah. and it allowed Will to go under and yeah. and you know access a lot that he wasn't able to on the conscious level. Right. So, um, and and in full transparency, Will has given me a couple QHHT sessions, yeah. which we've accessed a lot of information. Um, Will has not done a QHHT session yet, but I am actually going to be facilitating that for him. You're going to um, uncover some more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, that's going to be really interesting. So stay tuned everybody for what we find out. It's going to be, oh, yeah. buckle your seatbelts because yeah. it's going to be very, very intriguing. Well, it's going to be a playlist on your channel, Jody. It is. Uh, of, of all your hypnosis sessions that you want to put put in, um, you know that's interesting. Will about the nineteen forty three. So, uh, where? So, what did the university uh, researchers say? You know, for how under hypnosis you continued on a dead language. He he said that that was basically impossible, and he didn't believe it. Uh huh. 
Um, so when Connie comes back to me, she's like, I don't know what to make of this. This does not make any sense to me. Here you are speaking in a language that you say you don't know. She even spoke to my sister who was her office mm-hmm. manager. She directly asked my sister, she goes, have you ever heard your brother speak in German? Has he ever taken German? She's like, no. And uh, it really perplexed her, perplexed me. Um, now, I had other past lives come up, what we call PLRs, uh, past life regressions show up in other sessions. Mm-hmm. And then it would go directly into that super conscious state, as we call it in QHHT. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the past lives that showed up, some of them were in the medieval times. Some, some of them were even before the medieval times. Yeah. And what were you doing in those? Because there's a reason why you incarnated in those lifetimes. What kind of skills did you pull from those other lifetimes that uh, the superconscious, for people who aren't familiar with what the superconscious is, it's basically another word for God. Your higher self, over soul, the one soul that encompasses it all, whatever you want to uh, name or define it as. Luckily, Julia kind of describes it when she's talking in QHHT terms. Essentially, what she says is you have like the soul and we're each fragments of this over soul, right? Mm-hmm. God, right? And we're, we're fragments of that divine creator. Um, in terms of... Even the bad guys that you guys don't like. Right. Even right, the bad guys, exactly. yes. And we have to experience contrast to and, grow. Yeah, and here's the other thing too, right? I mean... <coughs> Some of these people, okay. excuse me, sorry. Even some of these people that um, we look at in our own lives that would be considered to be our villains, quote unquote. It's amazing how many times when we start accessing the superconscious, we find out that up there, these guys are actually our best friends, and they're actually helping us learn certain lessons down here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's very, it's very odd. Um, but what I would say is, is that for me personally, when I was under these sessions. Uh, and you're you're absolutely correct. There's a whole bunch of stuff that came up for me that was um, kind of tough to swallow at first. At the end of that year and a half period, I think I did 72 sessions with, with her total. Mm-hmm. At the end of that year and a half period, essentially what she told me was she handed me this packet of papers. And she goes, I do not want this information in my office because I don't need a government agency showing up asking me questions. That's how paranoid she was because of some of the stuff that was showing up. Now, the one thing that showed up that she told me about, and I still remember this very vividly, she said that I actually gave her a timeline of the presidents in that timeline. Now, mind you, this was in 95, 96 when this was going on. So here I am, I'm telling her, I'm like, okay, the current president in your timeline um, happens to be uh, Bill Clinton. He's going to win a second term. The guy after Bill Clinton is going to be Al Gore. He has two terms, and then it's going to be this guy, uh, Obama. He's going to have two terms, and it's civil war in the United States in 2016. That The U.S. The US will literally fall into a civil war. Um, now, here's the thing, right? So I got a chance to talk to um, Connie in 2017, and she was talking to my sister, and Mind you, I hadn't talked to her since the, these sessions had happened, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She comes, my sister's chatting with her and her back's to me. And she's like, you know, nobody wants to take over my business. My kids don't have any, any sort of wanting to help in the business. And I've helped basically nobody, right? I've, no, I've helped no one. And I, I'm standing there. I, I, I verbalized it to her. I, I said, well, you saved at least one, Connie. And she turned around and she's like, what? I said, you saved at least one. You saved me. 
I said, had you not intervened when you did, I said, I would either be dead in jail or both. And mm-hmm. that's the truth. That is the truth of where I was at the time in ni- 1995. That, yeah. I was hitting rock bottom with my addiction at that time. And we've actually had other people within our practice that have mm-hmm. had very similar responses because we've broke, helped them break their addictions too. We help facilitate them breaking those addictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oftentimes addictions are um, just an outlet, but not appropriate outlet to mm-hmm. to resolve issue. You have to look underneath the hood and see what the problem is. Right. So um, I have I a couple, to, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I wanted to go back to something that you said, Vaughn. So mm-hmm. you mentioned that I got into QHHT because of curiosity. Yes, it was, but it was even more than that. Because at okay. the time I was studying at a place called Intuitive Way in Walnut Creek, California. And I was honing in on like my psychic abilities and actually getting ready to be a reader. And mm-hmm. um, I actually thought, you know what, I really want to know all about the metaphysical world, even, even more than, you know, just me growing up and feeling like I had natural abilities because after my NDE at five, like those psychic abilities, like were off the chart. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people have had that happen after their NDEs, you know, just, it's almost like your third eye just is wide open and everything it's like this all knowing type of um, feeling in a way you, you're very mm-hmm. sensitive to what other people's thoughts um, are, what's going on around you, all of that at the same time. I mean, people would pass me and I'd be like, Oh, I see their past life here, 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 and there. And I'm just like, Whoa, you know, it's very interesting. Um, and also um, beyond that, some of my experiences in, in my QHHT session, They were all off world. Most of them were all off world. So that clued me into why, why am I having all of these? What does that mean? And then fast forward, I then connected it to the SSP stuff. And there was actually a time when um, I remember in one of the experiences, I was a little frustrated and upset in the experience. I was on this planet and um, I was on this team and I was getting frustrated because (laughs) um, my, my command, my like my top wasn't allowing me to um, basically be in my full capacity as far as leadership. Mm-hmm. So it's like there was this like disgruntled. Yeah, you were a journalist, right? You were a reporter, TV reporter and ju- journalist for a local news station. For Yeah, for ABC, NBC, CBS and Fox. Yeah, yeah all yeah, over yeah. all over the, mm-hmm. the United States. But in that experience, though, in QHHT, there was like this disgruntled feeling about like, why isn't he allowing me to go further? And so it's interesting because we right. have shared experiences with this kind of stuff. So. You mean you mean in terms of the um the overso preventing certain information from coming out prematurely? Is no, that what you mean? What, for, she's right. about, what she's talking about is she was actually being on the same crew. We were on the same crew and oh, commanding time, officers together. She was actually my XO on one of the ships that I was on. And there's some missions where I grabbed certain people because of the um, the priority of the mission, the dangerous dangerousness of the mission. I chose people because of their skill sets. Mm-hmm. And um, there are certain people that I brought into certain missions because they had capabilities that I needed on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old man, when it came to certain missions, he basically would make me like a ground commander. Like he would say, take the people you need and get the mission accomplished. Right. And there were, there were missions where there were people that I cared about 
you know, hey, Jody, that were in these situations, but I had to figure out, okay, well, I still need those capabilities on the ground because it's either us or them. So, and I mean, we've talked about some of these in my testimony that were really gory, but the bottom line is it's like the, 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 the dynamic she's talking about is that that's, that's actually how our command, we as a command pair, that's how we kind of balance each other. It's like, she keeps me kind of reined in because I have certain tendencies that if I don't keep them in check, don't look good and don't serve the purpose of what we're trying to do. And then she has some as well. So it's like, we kind of, we kind of buffer each other and keep each other in check that way. But in that experience and that QHHT, what was coming forward is the, um, the top before he came in actually was, or he was, he was on a different mission. And before he came back, um, to the rest of the crew, uh, that particular, um, commander was saying like, you aren't, you know, you're not going to be on this particular mission. You're not going to, it's almost like I was being looked over and I was like, okay, I don't understand why. Well, he gets back and he's like, nope, she is. <laughs> and this is what's happening. And I want her on, you know, this crew with me. So it was right. just interesting. So let me ask you guys this. How do you verify any of this off world information? that you were getting through your sessions before you became a practitioner? So what I did was I actually, I actually ignored those sessions for a number of years. 96 was the last time I really looked at them up until mm -hmm. 2000. I, I OCR them, got them in a digital format and then left them sit until 2012. I did mm -hmm. not look at them for 12 years after from that 2000 period to 2012. So what made you look at them? Well, I had an NDE in 2012. I mentioned in our previous. Right. And when I, when I had that NDE, it kind of blew the last memory cap on certain things. And a whole bunch of stuff kind of flooded in. Mm -hmm. uh, um, the second thing was, is that I started, I knew, I knew at that point, there were certain pieces of evidence that were going to start showing up around me to either verify or confirm some suspicions that I had. The first thing that started showing up was um, like I was describing certain like craft and the way the craft would operate. And, mm -hmm. and I was also talking about like certain pieces of technology and they all, all of a sudden started showing up and like patents, for example, mm -hmm. I do patent searches. So that's something I actually was doing is looking for hardcore verifiable data. Mm -hmm. And these craft and technology started showing up in the patent searches. And I'm like, okay, then this sort of verifies kind of what I'm aiming at. Right. So a lot of synchronicities. And then I was chatting with a gentleman who I did my very first video with James Rink about this. And I'll be honest with you. I actually did not want to come out and do videos initially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I started chatting with him, we were in a, a kind of a group chat one night and three or four people all said basically the same thing. Like, well, do we know exactly who you are? We, we, we know your face. Every time your face shows up, I get triggered. Mm -hmm. That to me is a um, another method of confirmation. It's like with the way they use us in these programs, you don't know exactly who you may have interfaced with. Mm -hmm. When you see certain people, you know for a fact there's a trigger there that's causing your subconscious to, to acknowledge at least the energy of that person because for some reason there's interaction that you've had with this person. Mm -hmm. Even in our current QHHT sessions, we have people that have the exact same thing. Um, We've had people, I've had family members, they've had past relationships with. 
and they're, they're unsure as to why when that family member leaves or a certain dynamic occurs, all of a sudden they start having certain psychological responses to that, mm-hmm. that trigger, right? Mm-hmm. Me, um, the evidence that showed up, like for instance, on the last show, we talked about how I just knew there were bases on the dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. And there were things that would just kind of leak through. And the more I talked about, it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was probably because of my QHHT session. I was seeing certain things in those sessions. And then in my conscious life, I was remembering. Mm-hmm. And also um, in one of my sessions, one of my experiences in QHHT, I remember um, a, a space crew having an insignia over their right breast on in their spacesuits or mm-hmm. on their spacesuits, mm-hmm. rather. And I remember in my conscious life, I saw that insignia and I was like, whoa, whoa, that's real. But where did you see this insignia? Um, when I was just looking on the internet, you know, and okay. um, then I started seeing how like nowadays Space Force uses stuff like that. Um, even some uh, pictures that people have drawn, things that they've seen. So the symbol she's talking about is the Astro symbol. That, that's the actual symbol in question. And then I mm-hmm. also would see um, people wearing um, an insignia that looked like very similar to the Mer- Merkaba, actually. Mm-hmm. But within the Merkaba, they would have almost like a map of their system. And so they put mm-hmm. like dots on the outs- outer rim of the Merkaba, mm-hmm. so it was like a map of where they were in their system. Right, right. So, yeah. So that was, and then another thing is like in the conscious, uh, in my conscious life outside of QHHT, I'd get certain downloads and then I'd go verify, like, especially when we were together, it's just like, that was magnified even more. So like, for instance, um, I would, I told him one time, okay, I woke up and I was told on the ship, um, we were about to get attacked. And then you in the dream slash dream told me to type in project dark star. And I was like, okay, I go, do you know anything about that? And so he's like, not really. But then as time went on, we started hearing about it. And mm-hmm. then now it's actually a real pro it's so, actually, it's a program. A, there is a program down here. It's actually an air force program. It's called project dark star. And then and what, we, it, what is it that they do? Project what does dark the air force star. do? Project dark star is the replacement for the SR 71 blackbird. It's actually okay. a stealth, even stealthier version of it. All right. But okay. it, but the thing is, I mean, many of these program names get reused. So you'll have like the office of the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, OFS, AFOSI, will reuse certain project names that they deem, you know, they call magic clearance, uh, majority uh, eyes only clearance. And mm-hmm. That's where these programs come into play. These, these USAP, Unacknowledged Special Access programs come into play. Or like one time I was like, what is Project Sapphire? I'm like, why is that coming in my mind? We looked mm-hmm. that up and it's like the Clintons had been involved well, and like a bunch of like things. Project Sapphire got directly at the core of these kids and the, and the dumbs. That too. Yeah. And, and they were hiding and it. it. And it also had to do with um, certain pedophilia rings. Mm-hmm. And how these pedophilia rings that were in these high positions in the UK and the US had been getting busted. And how law enforcement was trying to keep it under wraps because they didn't want to alert certain people. So they were actually busting some of these rings. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, it was like, we've been chatting about it for me a week. And all of a sudden, we start hearing about it in the news. It's like, it's like all of a sudden, stuff started popping up in the news about it. 
while we were talking one night. It's, we're both like, we both have we're to, like, who's bugging our place? Yeah. yeah <laughs> this, 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 this our face like, okay, what just happened? Yeah. It was, it's very strange. So like, you know, when you see those movies, like CSI or something, and you see like they're mapping out everything and it's going everywhere, you know, like mm-hmm. these things of like everywhere. That's like us. Like we, we are like dogs with a bone, you know, mm-hmm. we just don't stop. And we're like, oh my gosh, what, it leads to this. And then this, and then, oh my gosh, here it is. It's just, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's a- there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. Um, there's a lot of synchronicities in the verification of your, your sessions um, when you were using the modality to uncover hidden knowledge about yourself mm-hmm. and your purpose here. And um, it, it happens in sessions and it also happens in life mm-hmm. that certain information you will be previewed to that is relevant and you might want an answer to something but you may not get that answer, even under hypnosis, you may not get that answer because um, the superconscious or even your higher self or even if you wanted to connect to your family member, they'll that persona will speak through the client and say, you're just you're not ready for that. You're going to find that out in your journey. It will when it's time, it will it will come into play. Um, there's a couple of things that you need to learn or experience first before you're in the mindset to take in that information. So that's, that's kind of um, a, uh, a wake up call for some clients where they're, they're like, wait a minute, I came here to get this answer and I can't get this answer. And it's like, nope, you can't get this answer because there's a couple of things you need to do that you need to experience. And so, um, so that's, that's one thing, but oftentimes when the client moves on with their life, these answers are revealed through synchronicity mm-hmm. and it's like a, it's it's like you were saying jody like one little piece comes up and then another little piece and, and and before you know it oh you're like oh i get it but but had you gotten that information prematurely in your session or early on you may not be in the mindset to really receive that information and um, be in a much more wise position to react in a more appropriate way Right. It's kind of like the little breadcrumbs. Right, right. Lead you to your quantum purpose, as you're saying. Yeah. yeah. We actually had this show up during one of our sessions. Um, mm-hmm. One of our clients made the comment where she said, the reason why that, I can't remember the lady's name. I don't, I don't even know if I even want to say that on, on the yeah, air. No. But Just speaking generalities <laughs> about the client. Yeah. yeah. What, she, what she said was her super conscious said that once she gets in resonance with certain pieces of information, the rest of it will be shown to her. Mm-hmm. She has to be willing to get in resonance with it first. Mm-hmm. And I think that idea of resonance is a lot of what we talk about frequency wise and alignment, alignment and a healing path. Mm-hmm. All that stuff kind of plays into that. Mm-hmm. When you have somebody who their super conscious basically tells them, look, you're not ready for this because you're not resonant with this information yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then we have clients ask the question, well, like, well, okay, how do I get in resonance with this? Right. And that's where doing the healing work comes into play, right? Mm-hmm. Talked about mm-hmm. doing energy modalities, about, you know, doing the other work too. And it's like, well, all that stuff helps with that. And them doing it as a practice also helps with that too. Mm-hmm. Right. And also getting out of your own way, for oh, instance, yeah. resistance. So that's a big one. That's a lot of clients that come oh, yeah. in and they just want, they want the instant gratification, but when it comes to frequency and metaphysics, you 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 know as well as I do that, like you said, they have to be a certain resonance. So let me give you an example because uh, I 
And then I'll tell you my example. And then if you guys have examples from your clients, um, I'll use my personal example. You know, your personal example, we'll swap notes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I had a client uh, in the UK. God bless his soul. I wish him the very best. But um, I I give him homework. Okay. All right. So I give him homework. So um, Starseed wanted to know why he's always so sad about reality about you know this and that so i gave him homework um to do and there's simple things like write a journal go draw or paint the star system and your own home just to kind of get that homesickness out of the out of the way because it's obviously debilitating you um you know and a lot of different homework assignments to do and then he books a follow-up session we do a follow-up session and he barely does the homework. I said, go and take the dowsing rod, go into and find a portal point where you can meditate and commune with the oldest tree in the na- in the uh, the forest. You know, just just do the exercise. And he he he, he took like maybe like a five minute walk and this and check. So it was like that kind of like barely scraping it, and right. then was frustrated he wasn't getting through. And I said, the reason why I make these suggestions and however long it takes you to do this, because these are the suggestions that your higher self had also given you. And there's a reason why source sent you over to the person you needed was because this is all I ever get. Okay. We get a specific, all these practitioners, I speak to many, they get a specific theme. Okay. And they're all unique for each person. So, uh, so I get star seeds that's come into earth and they've kind of lost their way. And they're also working on amplifying six senses, get bringing consciousness um, in their life and, and in their world and just amplifying the energy in their specific area. But they kind of got, they fell off the bandwagon. They got caught up in the 3D dramas and psyops and they basically been stunted and they're getting frustrated because they're like, I like this kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not, how do I get there? And so um, what I typically say is, you know, there's a reason why there's lots of synchronicities to reason why. And oftentimes every single one of them will open the door and be like, Oh my God. You know, I'm like, yeah, I know. It was a pretty life planner in, in the, pre, in the spirit world. <laughs> you obviously fallen off your way. So get back into my office and let's see where you fell off your, your mission plan. So um, because that's in, in the spirit world, I'm your pre-life planner, you know, kind of like your travel <laughs> agent, uh-huh. you know, when you pick out your excursions and what you're like, your guidance counselor, but you can only <laughs> make recommendations. They have to follow through and finish the course. If they don't finish the course, they're not going to get the not graduate to the next level. So, and then there's a lot of times, sometimes some students kind of fall off. And so they have to bring him back. You'd be like, what's going on? It's midterm and you're like really falling behind. That, mm-hmm. that's, that, okay, here's some suggestions. Go sleep earlier. Da, 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 da. Same exact thing. Kind of boring work, but I anyway. Like I feel you because I'm doing grades right now for my seventh graders. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so funny. But anyway, so so um, I, I, did, I, I make these suggestions and they're based off the higher selves recommendations in there. And then I add a little bit of my background. Um, so oftentimes uh, they have so much content that they don't know what to do with it. And so as a writer myself, as a podcaster and all these other things, working in IT and business development, I will give them 
and I charge lots of money for my recommendations, but I will give them recommendations on how to start the metaphysical career path as a side hustle, how to write their books and stuff, and um, just kind of get started and break it down so it's really easy to do. But the thing is, is eventually I um, I had to kind of cancel the sessions because he was getting frustrated. He wasn't doing the work. And I said, I'm sorry, here's the, here's the deal. You cannot raise your frequency off the coattails of your practitioner or your teacher. Okay. This is a personal journey. It's not like going to church and checking a box and now please give me my, my merit badge. Yep. Yep. You got to do the personal work because your personal work is going to amplify your own frequency to unlock new six senses and new experiences that only are available at different levels of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that is personal work. So right. unfortunately, you can go to as many mediums, clairvoyants, practitioners, whatever you name it, you want, you're still going to be stuck in the same place because you haven't done the personal work. Absolutely. And they hate to hear that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's almost like they want to be spoon fed. Um, and like you were saying, the, you know, um, riding on the coattails of people or practitioners or mediums or psychics or whatever. And it reminds me of that biblical story of the, the 10 virgins where it's like they didn't have enough oil to meet the bridegroom. Right. And so they were like, hey, give me some of that oil. You know, I want to go meet the bridegroom. Like, no, like you have to go through the initiations yourself, like you were saying, so that you can gain all of that. And then you have that, you know, you know about it. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Our, our themes I've seen as I think about it, and you've mentioned your themes, I would say we get a lot of ancient souls um, and a lot of creator beings and a lot of um, souls that have walked in the time of Jesus or were disciples of Jesus. Same here. What's up with that? Even the mother of Jesus. Like it's yeah. wild. It's amazing. So these are like rock star souls here and we're honored, but it's like, they also are like, okay, here are some of the message messages, um, you know, that we want to pass on, but also at the same time, navigating this 3d world, you know, can be a little difficult, you know? So, right. Right. But they want to access that, that SC. Yeah. Know? So like, cause you guys, you guys get also primarily SSP clients that are coming to you, right? Well, or is it? Also, all- it's a mix because you also get, we, we also get people who um, want to do the healing work because there's that layer. It's like, okay, once they know they've been in the SSP, well, now what? Okay. So what? You right. have to do the healing work. You have to go, okay, wow. All that trauma, all that craziness. Now what? Okay. Let's dig deep. Let's dive in. How yeah. Much, how much stuff can you deal with at this exact point in time? And yeah. we've had people who uh, literally their SC would tell them, we don't think you can handle anymore. So we're going to, we're going to stop with this for right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have to process and uh, you have to process the information that you get. You have to like, for example, like the bad guys, I know everybody wants to crucify the bad guy, but when you go into um, your past lives or your future lives, whatever lives you are, are reviewing, Technically, they're all parallel. They all exist at the same time. But that's besides the point. Whatever you're reviewing, we always want to punish the bad guys. But they are playing a role in your evolution. And to see that, it was very controversial controversial for non-Buddhists um, that 
the bad guys are playing a role to help you basically like like your brother is going to be your bully so that you finally get up and kick his ass mm-hmm. and then nobody ever picks on you ever again right you know yeah. um but it is your personal choice how long do you keep him a bad guy before you kick his butt yeah okay right. because you're also contributing to him being worse of a person by letting this carry on and not finding your uh your courage mm-hmm. you know simple ideas but there's and, also with that same lesson too you've also got this lesson of social boundaries you've got and what, what is a social boundary right well to me and we've said this with our clients before social boundaries are the highest form of love because essentially what you're saying is is that i love myself enough to not allow that to be here anymore Mm-hmm. Uh, what it takes to make that stop. Yeah, it goes two ways because when you learn the lesson or when you find your voice or your power in whatever lesson you're experiencing, and this is what hypnosis and and Buddha's been doing this with deep meditation um, and sleep hypnosis for a very long time as well. I use QHHT and then for the remote version for people who want to get all up in arms about QHHT being in person, QHHT is the Loris Cannon's version of getting into deep meditative states. Um, and it's in person. And then there's another form called BQH, which is really popular right now that people are aware of. Um, and that's remote. And I mostly use that for most of my clients that worldwide. Mm-hmm. And um, so I mostly use that. And then also since the pandemic, many people also like the option to just be at the comfort of their home and they're a little bit worried about getting sick from other people for different reasons and so that's a modality that works for them it gets the same results there's also other modalities like you were saying um will kind of use a different type of script to get you into induction Uh, there's a lot of hypnosis scripts deep meditation sleep scripts buddhists have thousands of them um to get you in that state and then you'll start reviewing like your different lifetimes that are coming up in your consciousness for whatever reason to help you in in this specific life there's a message in what you're reviewing that's giving you clues to what you need to work on to ele- to elevate this life that you're working on otherwise um otherwise there there would be no point going through a thousand lives you're only going to go through a couple and that's the critical point. one. That's a good point, Vaughn, that you bring up because this is what Dolores Cannon also talked about. We go through all of those visits, you know, in our other experiences and our other lifetimes because we want to bring the information that's going to help us in this most important life right now. Mm-hmm. And I think um, some people try to get, well, I don't know if they're trying or they just do, but they get caught up in all of the pomp and circumstance, I guess, of like, oh, my past life, this, I was that I was like, you know, the queen of this or blah, 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 you know, like, how does that help you in this life? Exactly. That's great. But how's it helping you now? You know, what's what's the lesson? You know, what are you going to take away from that? Um, I was going to mention that um, sometimes we can also get in our own way. um, And that and and it can be a total blind spot, you're not consciously aware that you're getting in your Mm -hmm. own way. And that was my experience when um, when Will did my session one day and the, the SC said, well, we're trying to negotiate with her. <laughs> and uh-huh. like, what? Like, because on a conscious level, I was like, oh, I'm so ready to like move pl- past this block. I'm so ready to like do this. Just give me the answers because I, I want to move past this. And yet the SC was like, okay, we're trying to negotiate with her right now. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> 
So somehow there was some resistance and I was holding on to something at some layer of me. Yeah. Wasn't letting it go or something. So yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's totally true. Cause when you, uh, when you, un- when you dissect what has, what are the elements that has brought you to here? So basic Buddhism, fundamentals, basic metaphysics, we're all energy. And as energy, we have come to form, we have projected to form our avatars in the experience that we chose. We could have chosen other planets, other realities. You know, we exist in them, them all. But we chose this for a specific reason. And we're focused on this one alone so that we can do this ride in the music amusement park the best that we possibly can and have the most enjoyment preferably as possible now in the amusement park there's always like clowns that jump at you and (laughs) things that distract you and some kind of excitement here some kind of excitement there and and maybe you you're only going for a specific roller coaster or maybe you are the ones that just want to see the animals for the most part and go to a couple of those exhibits so you got to pick your ride and stick on your ride stick on you know whatever you're focusing on because can't do Disneyland in one day. So <laughs> um, so the, the, the thing is, is that just like when we look at uh, the elements of our childhood and our upbringing and how your parents and your environment influence you, whether you know it or not, they have influenced how you see yourself, how you see other people, um, how you behave. Some, some of these weird nuances that we do also are stuck in past lives that we have yet to address and then stuck in other past lives and then, you know, on and on and on. So that's why when we go into hypnosis, you're going to be shown only what specifically matters to you. And then the question is, that's why a lot of the practitioners ask a lot of questions before the sessions and then in the sessions, ask a lot of questions to kind of uncover the onion. So let me give you an example, and you guys give you an example of how you how this has played out in your clients. Um, so I had a wonderful lady. She's a star seed. Her last lifetime was on another planet. Her and her husband, they're kind of the the sheep in the family, the black sheep. They're not the norm, the normal church going, you know, uh, Joan and Cleaver type. So, but they found each other. They've been married before. They were aliens in the past life, and um, they came here for the ascension of Earth, the, how Earth is raising its frequency, and they brought with them uh, their higher frequency. Well, she couldn't figure out what is the problem for why she couldn't figure out how to fully invest in herself in her business. Like, really put herself out there. She kept on censoring herself, not putting it out there. Well, what ended up finding out through hypnosis was that her dad in this lifetime okay, has had alcoholism issue. And he's better now and they moved on. But during that time frame of, of his alcoholism, he was very judgmental and um, very paranoid and kind of schizo a little bit. And so that rubbed off on her. And she's a very confident and successful nurse. But she wanted to go off and do her own little uh, naturopathic um, business on the side and kind of have that grow. Well, the reason why she didn't want to really go out there with her metaphysic naturopathic clinic was she was afraid of rejection afraid of not getting enough clients afraid of all this stuff and that's where it came from and and she couldn't figure out why she kept on 
as an opportunity came, she would barely do the minimum uh, while she would hold herself back. But that's what happened. Once she figured that out and saw that, she called her dad, talked about it. You know, uh, he got they got a great conversation and then her naturopathic business opened up and she's doing wonderful. Um, same exact thing. I had another person who um, they. So she's a real estate broker and in her past life, she was a blue, uh, kind of like an Andromedan. Mm. Okay. Her and her husband now, um, they have two kids in that lifetime and they're like really tall Andromedans and their planet blew up through some kind of Star Wars type of feud. Their mm. planet blew up, but they, they got in their spaceship, which is like the car in your parking lot in your driveway. They got in a spaceship and ventured off and saw their planet explode. I see a lot of these clients where they saw their planet explode from some kind of Star Wars um, type of episode, and then they become basically uh, political asylums trying to find a a planet to have refuge in. Well, they ended up finding Earth, and instead of going to a warm area, they went to an area of the planet that was a lot like their planet, which was kind of cold, Kind of like Pacific Northwest cold. So they ended up over by Iceland, Scotland, that area. Okay. They'd park their um, spaceship on a crater with it, with a, it had a volcano up there, a crater, and then it came down. There was nobody there except animals, and, and they lived perfectly fine. Um, but what was revealed to her, why this was important for her to see, was that there were regular humans, they were white people, and they, birth were nice but then they um end up killing the parents and then and taking the kids and enslaving the kids to do labor for them because they were really tall and really strong and then eventually when they got done with um the kids they killed the kids so it was very traumatizing her to see that yeah. he is paranoid of lawn people he doesn't know why like, i don't understand why i can't i i like not like i can't stand them or hate them but i'm scared of blonde people why is it that this always triggers me that's what it was something that simple and so she had to she had to come to terms um you know understand and then you know and when you talk to the higher self you can go in and talk to anybody so we went in and we talked to the people that killed them in that lifetime to their higher self to see why did they do that and you know so um so in seeing 360 viewpoint of how everybody's character played out and why they did what they did, um, it's understandable to have forgiveness and empathy and then also just um, accept it as what it is because those people are in her life now in her real estate office. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Talk about trying to figure it out. They're oh back in. What, so what did the what did their higher self say the um the people on the planet that killed the children and and the parents what did their higher self say they just they said at first they were scared of of these aliens and the aliens didn't weren't like them because they were very natural and they lived in the caves um by the volcano they live organically with the animals so they're very Lemurian and that's actually I said I said why did you choose 
uh, the cold area, if you went to the, the Polynesian Islands and warmer areas, I'm sure you've been fine like everybody else. Uh, they're a little bit, they're a little bit more, once they get over the, the, the scared part of it, they're a little bit more uh, easygoing and accepting. But okay, so you chose that, I get it, it's something close to your home environment. Um, but the higher self of the blonde people, um, they look like Vikings that killed them. Um, they basically said that at first they were scared, then they were they worked with them and it was nice of them. But then they um because they they would come to that island for logging, for you know, for resources. And so then it was like, hey, can you help us get these resources? And they had nothing to do. So they're like, sure, we'll help you get resources. But then they got greedy and started using them as labor because they could do, you know, 10 times the work than one normal human being can do. So then they got greedy and then they got selfish and then they started the slavery. And the funny thing is the next lifetime um, that she and her husband incarnated into as Earth were slaves. Oh wow! The, the theme goes on, okay. Yeah. Yep. And and those people were part of the slave handlers. Oh my! God. So it's like okay, at some point you gotta break the cycle. Yeah. Because the universe is trying to get you guys to figure out how to live in love, in peace, and harmony, and find much more positive, peaceful ways to exist. Uh, yep. One thing is. Greed is a common theme. Greed and ego mm-hmm. is a common control. theme yeah. and control. Mm-hmm. And so getting over that, that's that's the thing. Um, so, but yeah, when you when they go through this, it's very revealing. And then they're like, oh, okay, now I got now I understand my hang up. Now I gotta do the work to forgive this, to understand this, so I'm not triggered, mm-hmm. you know. Um, to move forward with discernment and respectful boundaries, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole list of things. And then once you do that, as the client moves forward in their life, they, um, they're not repeating the old unconscious habits that are being triggered and that's holding them back in certain areas because they understand why they behave and act that way. And so then they can move forward and build, uh, new experiences with more clarity and and that's all it is we're just building new experiences with more love and more more higher consciousness right we didn't come here to suffer yes (laughs) i know it can actually be fun (laughs) yeah yeah but but that's i have a lot of those things so do you guys have some examples of that with your clients where we have a lot yeah (laughs) where do you want to take want to say one (laughs) um kind of like a theme. You know, what's interesting is you tend to get, this is what I've observed. You tend to get um, like very powerful beings who have been through a lot of trauma and a lot of like pain even. Um, And, and when they see it, they're just like, Oh, that explains a lot too. Yeah. I've had, I've had, um, I would say we probably probably had five or six clients that have been what I would call in that kind of creator being sort of energy, very ancient souls. Mm-hmm. The last one that we worked with, he um, he was having some issues around certain triggers because he couldn't understand why. He actually came to us and he's like, "I don't understand why every time I get around these certain environmental triggers, why this keeps happening. Like, why do I keep mm-hmm. 
flipping into these certain psychological patterns. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, when we get, when I finally got him under, uh, the first thing that he actually had a recall of was he had a past life in Egypt. And then he saw this being that looked like he described it as an angel, but he said it could be a higher form of life was the phrase mm-hmm. he actually used. And it was not him. Mm-hmm. So he is, he's, he's the, like one of the head people at this temple, like building this temple. And he's watching this being who's who eventually comes down. And when they make eye contact, essentially he's told that he's not following his, um, his, his script basically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. entrusted with certain pieces of information. Why are you not following this? I've told you what needs to be done. Right. And he said in this lifetime, the, the, the analogy was in this lifetime, when he came here specifically to reincarnate again, essentially he had been given a script on how he was to support people and protect people. And uh, he felt like that that script again had not been followed because the, the woman he's currently married to, he and her had, they've been divorced already once they've got kids. And, um, it was interesting when he and I were chatting, he was considering separating from her again. But after the session, he's like, he's like, I think this is actually the reason why I'm here. I'm supposed to make sure that my kids are taken care of. And he goes, and I need to make sure that I'm good. He's so that, uh, that way I can be in whatever relationship I'm going to be in. Yeah. Cause you're just going to repeat the same relationship with a new person. Right. Right. So he starts doing the work and same person, different face. <laughs> yeah. He started doing yeah. the work and um, he ends up sending us an email. And he said, um, just so you guys know, I kept, I kept focusing on this one part of the QHHT session. And every single time I focused on that, he's like, my relationship with my wife started changing. It actually started improving because I realized that uh, part of my agreement is also with her. And mm-hmm. I've, been, I've actually not been holding myself accountable to that agreement. I, I actually have been kind of giving myself an out in that situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he's been, they've been doing great. I think ever since then, he's like, yeah, you guys, I have to keep reminding myself. I can't give myself outs anymore. Yeah. Then I yeah. had um, a session that was like a record breaker for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Like nine hours or something? What? Yeah. It was so like, you gotta go to the bathroom and eat something. I, I mean, we're gonna be famished. You're gonna fall over. I know. Seriously. I was like, oh my. Yeah. After I was like this voracious eater so, afterwards, but there was so much and it didn't seem, and, and our clients will often tell us this. Wait, we say, how long do you think you've been under? And they'll say, oh, I don't know, like an hour, hour and a half or like 20 minutes. Right. Well, you know, when, when you're in the higher, everybody knows this in, uh, in the, um, energy healing modalities, when you're in the higher levels of consciousness, of energy, time is faster oh, than yeah. in the lower levels of 3D reality. And that's yeah. why whatever you do, like when you're deep in meditation or you're in a quantum session, um, it seems like 20 minutes where it's been like two or three hours or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, or it's like almost like timeless, you know, yeah. like you're outside of time. Sometimes it's very mm-hmm. interesting. So this one client, um, she and I went at it for almost more than eight hours. Yeah. The client was actually a, a, a lady who was a friend of mine. I introduced her to Jody because I thought when she was talking about wanting QHHT, she needed somebody who was, I would say, secure in their divine feminine. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
thought that her and Jody would make a great fit and her and Jody chatted. And next thing you know, they clicked and I'm, I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. Right. So they, they do their session and literally I had to go to work that day and she, I come back and she's still on the zoom call. With <laughs> oh and I'm like, I'm like, Holy moly, what's going on? And she's like, she's like, she's looking at me. She's like, we're still chatting. And I'm like, well, I'm like, oh my! God. Well, it was more like her subconscious, her yeah. essay, her super. So, what came out of that? What What was the was, the nitty gritty of that session? She saw so many patterns, especially in her relationships. And that she, came from what? Did it come from her uh, her childhood, or or did it come from you know further back? It came from a past, a further back. Oh, further really back. She had um had, and so kind of like with your session that you mentioned that this person was now in a real estate office with him. Mm -hmm. She was actually in like a same circle of um, working slash friendships with these people. And it was almost like this one group against this other group. And they were always kind of clashing. And she was like, I just don't understand why I'm always kind of like the, the odd person out, you know? And so we went back and it was those first few lives were like this theme for her. Mm -hmm. And those gentlemen were in those lives with her. And it was <laughs> just so, funny. so interesting. And she's like, oh my gosh, I cannot. She's like, I mean, I can, but I can't, but it's just so crazy. She's like, this answers so many questions for me. Okay. So what was the suggested, what were the suggestions that, that the subconscious and you offered for this person to, yeah. but now, you know, right now moving forward, what is she going to do with this information? So the superconscious was going to help her in the coming months and the year to have the, the inner strength to leave an, that unhealthy relationship and to feel like she can do things and not in a codependent way anymore. Right. She could do things on her own where she can just feel like I am a strong individual. She's mm -hmm. still power the yeah she can step into her own power the universe has my back you know um and it's okay if people disagree with me um i don't have to be afraid that they're gonna kill me <laughs> like in the past life <laughs> so um yeah so that there was a lot of um things like even simple things like we had talked about before like start journaling go on walks you know in the outdoors um oh also like things such as um Cause she worked um, or she had a lot of associations with like a rock shop. So with getting certain um, rocks or crystals that resonated with her yeah. and there's a couple specific ones that came up for her. So mm -hmm. yeah. that's really good. So, you, you know, um, have you guys had any source code those ones that have not incarnated previously? I get a lot of those and those, those ones are like, well, I, I had, I had a specific one that came from Denver. She didn't, she didn't want the remote. She wanted to come. Come and see Seattle. Come and see Seattle, and then also swing by to the lighthouse and um, come and visit me. So, um, her boyfriend, now husband, he had a wonderful session. I mean, all his lifetimes revealed so much about his hangups in this lifetime, patterns of, um, and patterns of fear that he had that he couldn't figure out because he used to be a gangster he used to be in a gang you know a, a mobster and stuff and anyways white collar crimes all this other kind of thing and now he just owns a cannabis shop but um but anyways he uh but the characters 
in his cannabis shop in past lives were his gangsters. Because <laughs> and and in this life, in this life, they are um, they are very very uh, different shades of uh, fringe in his yeah. cannabis in his cannabis shop but uh-huh. anyways besides the point he had a wonderful session he found out his hang-up and he was like totally ready to move forward and, and then she comes on um afterwards and it's like, i'm seeing black i'm seeing black i'm seeing nothing i'm seeing nothing she did she did get to see source and go to spirit world and then she sees black and and when we spoke to the higher conscious it was like this is the first lifetime that she's had ever she's never physically incarnated in any lifetime in any universe in any she never incarnated out of spirit so and the funny thing is because what i always ask um what do you want to get out of it you know in the interview and she's like i'm an artist i'm trying to be an artist and i'm trying to be edgy and it's like okay and when we talk to the higher self the higher self is the reason why she has these uh, blocks for her artist artistry is because she has no life experience to channel into her artwork and when you're an artist you're channeling your triggers your pains your joys your suffering all your all your experiences and when people buy your artwork something about that piece of art triggers something in them that Resonate they somehow. it yeah. resonates because they that they love yeah if you have never incarnated you have none of that yeah. You're a first-time observer. So the higher self recommended for her art, be a first-time observer. Paint the things that you find, like like almost like you're an alien on a new planet, which you are. Paint yeah. the things that you love. You love cra- like like laughing babies. Paint a laughing baby picture. You love a beautiful garden. Paint a beautiful garden. You know, stop trying to be edgy and all these other things because it's just that's your, your block. So once you found that out, then it started coming through. Her art started really, really taking off and coming through. Um, but for a long time, she was just like, I, I, she was not happy with her art. And that was the reason the reason why. The other thing is a lot of these source code souls can't understand humans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they don't understand the, the idiocracy and and um anomalies about the human personality why we do the things we do um you know like why is it so hard for us to talk to each other and just express our feelings why is it so hard for us to communicate and all these other things that like as like an alien looking at a civilization going god why do they do that <laughs> you know that's 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 what a lot of these source code souls and then also he, the he asked this question too why can't the humans just get it together <laughs> yeah but you know it comes down to consciousness level and then also um kind of humbling yourself getting the ego out of the way making peace with the ego getting over your greed i mean all the basics we all know this we just don't do it uh because it's the the easy way is more enticing um which is actually the longer way but besides the point you have infinity to figure it out so you know you'll figure it out but um, the ego getting out of the way is extremely important uh, when Jody and I have been working with our clients, that's the number one stumbling block mm. times out of 10. If a client's going to have issues getting them under or at least getting to their super conscious, the, the SC, that's where they're going to have the mm-hmm. issues. Is, is the ego trusting us enough to get out of the way 
or at least slide to the side enough to let us talk to the SC? We had about three experiences like this, one being my own daughter. So, okay, what happened? Yeah, so um, she was all excited and she was you know, ready for her session. We get maybe to her first experience and she, it's beautiful. It's all unfolding. She's in a city in Europe. She tells me she thinks it's this. And then all of a sudden she just, boom, stops, dead cold. She's like, mom, I think I'm just making all of this up. I think da, 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 da. And, and I'm just like, okay, well, just calm down. Just tell me what you're seeing. Just tell me. It really Trust the image. That's just, what I said. I said, just, just trust that it's your you know, super conscious coming through. You could analyze it later. That's exactly what I was telling her. I'm like, just, if you can just stop the doubt and just trust your intuition and move forward, just what are you seeing? What shoes are you wearing? What are, and she went a little bit further, but then she was just like, okay, mom, I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap. But she's like, I, I was really relaxed though. Thanks for getting me in this relaxed place. <laughs> I was like, no. And so what that told me though, is that, that's where she was ready to go at that point because something within her was not allowing her. There was too much resistance. Mm -hmm. And so at some future date, I believe she's going to have another, uh, she's going to have, well, maybe not her mom be the practitioner or maybe like, like a non-family member. Cause sometimes you don't want to reveal your soul to somebody that you know. That's a good point. That's a good point. And maybe who knows, maybe she was afraid that there was going to be something revealed that could, you know, be controversial or hurt me or who knows, you know, I think the other thing with her specifically is that she had a lot of fears around embarrassment. Yeah. They want to be embarrassed by your mom. Yeah. In front of your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Or be embarrassed because of something came up with her mom. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, we both love her daughter a lot. And Mm -hmm. the fact is it's like, we don't care what comes up in the session as long as she's able to handle it and process it. That's the most important. And apply it to this life. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had a couple others um, just kind of do something similar where they're like, well, I don't know if it's me or if I'm just, making this up or if it's just me talking and we the same thing trust trust what you're seeing just keep keep you know telling us what you're you're feeling mm-hmm. all of that I, so. I always go back to something Dolores said when the client is having issues in this regard and they're having issues kind of getting down to the SC level and relaxing enough to trust what they're hearing and seeing mm-hmm. them focus on how they're feeling like what are the feelings coming up in that experience don't tell me what you're seeing don't tell me what you're hearing what are you feeling? A lot of times when people get into that state where they're feeling happiness or they're feeling a certain thing in that experience and they start trusting that feeling, that's when they, the SC actually starts popping through. Yeah. Yeah. The last session I just did with a lady, um, that's exactly what happened. She was having issues around visualization. Mm-hmm. But the minute I got her to focus on the feeling aspect mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. she went right into the, the first past life and then right into the SC. It was like, boom, yep. boom. And that's a really good point that Will brings up because we've had a couple of those where, you know, people have different spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. So rather than visualizing and being more clairvoyant, people oh. might be clairsentient. Or okay. Like, mm-hmm. more, more auditory. Or was a smell. Yeah, that's right. She's like, yeah. I can't necessarily visualize things, but I can tell you what I'm smelling or I can tell mm-hmm. you like what I'm feeling or she's like, and, and as far as colors or anything, I can actually feel the colors. Yeah. You just have to kind of tap into like, what are people's gifts or what, what type of learner are they even? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally, that's totally true. Now the, the thing that you said earlier, um, Will, about 
Connie giving you all your 72 session paperwork and, and, and letting you know, Hey, take this with you. I don't want any government agents showing up. Um, so this is a funny thing. I'm not sure if you guys, like, I get a lot of star seeds and a lot of star seeds are followed by UFOs. So I get a lot of UFO abductee clients and a lot of clients go, I saw a bunch of UFOs and I'm not sure a couple of people in my neighborhood saw it. I'm not sure why other people aren't seeing. I'm like, it's all about frequency. So, um, and it's probably a, a UFO that you're probably part of their family group and they, you're doing a mission as a human for whatever reason. Yeah. So, um, and that's usually the case. Um, but before a session with a, a alien contactee or an alien starseed soul client, I would get visitations real, like it seemed like lucid dream, like real life um, in my, my room. And, and I had one, for example, I had one where um, I'm sleeping. I'm having a dream of me sleeping in my room, like, like, like it's real. And then these, I don't know, five or six feet tall, gold shining beings come through. And, um, and they come into front of my bed and they're looking and then they're going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yep, that's, that's, that's the right one. And then as they're leaving, uh, one taps my, my, my leg and I immediately wake up and get out of bed. And, but somehow they had gone into the hallway. I immediately get up, get out of bed because I'm lucid in my dreams. I remember everything. And so I immediately get up, get out of my bed. I go to the hallway. My husband's like, well, I woke my husband up and I'm like, there are these goat beings like my foot. And they just went through the door and he's like, what are you talking about? So I was like, oh, okay. So this happens, this happens. And then I had my client and he is an astronaut in other lifetimes. He's a, he's a, the alien astronaut in other life and he goes to different planets and he does kind of like research of different planets and he researched this one planet it was a gaseous planet and there was a beautiful arch but there was no physical people because all the people were light beings and they were these gold radiant gold energy light beings the the zach ones that visited me Oh my gosh. So I get these. So just kind of like Connie's like, I don't want government agents showing up. I get aliens showing up and they just want to uh, kind of give me like a heads up that you're going to be working with one of our people who lost their way and got stuck in the 3D psyops melodramas and is not completing their mission. They're going to get back on the mission. But in the wow. mission usually is raise consciousness, do something good, leave the place um, better than, than had you entered pretty simple mission but it's easy to get lost of the distractions of the amusement park oh yeah i, I oh, think yeah. i think that's also the, the 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 idea that connie had for me i think she was being led by spirit mm -hmm. to um allow me to discover what because the thing is during my sessions with me specifically she never told me what happened during the sessions mm -hmm. basically the session would occur and then i would be taken straight over to either have energy work done or massage work done. Mm -hmm. Release and, the energy. Yeah. And once that was done, then I would leave and I'm thinking, okay, whatever happened, happened. So here I am, you know, in 2000 and I start scanning all these documents. And I start glancing over them and I'm like, what is this? Mm -hmm. And um, it, it kind of stunned me a little bit. And then Literally right after I got the documents scanned in and put in digital storage, um, this massive f first flood in my apartment happened. Mm. 
wiped out a bunch of stuff, including those, the paper documents. Mm -hmm. And I was going to pull stuff out to see what was working. And then a second flood happened. And I've, I've often wondered, okay, well, why did those two events occur? And I've, I've wondered if that wasn't like certain things that were like, they were trying to make sure that I didn't have like a record of what was said or mm -hmm. was done. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, anyhow. That's one of the questions I'll be asking during his QHHT session. <laughs> You're going to uncover a lot of content to put in your book series. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's a work in progress. It's going to be a bestseller. You know, here's the thing I wanted to ask you guys about your clients. And um, just to clarify for for people, uh, for QHHT, there's different levels, level one, level two, level three. I've taken all three. Mm -hmm. If you do level one, you are fully equipped to do a session and facilitate as many as you want. You've learned everything yeah. because I've taken all three. You don't learn anything new. You refine certain interviewing skills. Yes. Okay. Um, as you go along and you learn a little bit more about uh, kind, of, kind of like when you're doing with this, what are, what's a good way to work with that so you learn more you refine certain skills but you don't learn anything new and level two level three um those skills can be learned in, in those those additional level of courses but um they most often are learned through the sessions mm -hmm. so don't be hung up on the levels if source sent you a specific person there is a reason just like there's a reason out of eight billion people in the world you guys met mm -hmm. yeah. as part of your pre-life plan. There is a reason. Yep. So I often get, like I said, star seed, Tokyo people, uh, source cold souls, alien souls, you know, pe people who are like, what's going on is this? So I, I get that this is my theme. I don't get any SSP kind of stuff, but this is my theme um, because I'm the, the, in the spirit world, a pre-life planner. And my specialty was uh, people new to earth. <laughs> so, so kind of like, oh, oh, I'm your new guidance counselor for this new university. You're a transfer student. It's a little <laughs> bit different here. So let me let me go through some of the things that you might need. And of course, my information. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyways, um, the reason why I bring that up is oftentimes you're from what I found from my experience, I'm just like. A, a medium, like either a catalyst or a connector or a bridge or a resource. I'm just like a medium. Like I always say, you know, you're going to meet many teachers, take what you can, try to take, learn what you can, and then move on. You're going to take many, many courses and then move on after you complete and digest the material and you know the material, you're not just learning it, but like you know it and then move on so you can continue to advance yourself. Oftentimes, I get clients who use the resource as a way to, um, they use it as a tool, kind of like they use channeling meditation as a tool. They can also use the quantum hypnosis as a tool to get insights on, like maybe a computer program that they're working on and they're stuck on a code. So they'll speak to the higher self and they'll speak to the souls in the spirit world that works with code to get answers, then they wake up and they go to work and they finish the code. Mm -hmm. uh, I get musicians who are stuck on how to create certain projects and how to create certain songs or certain albums or whatever pursuit they're at. And so they take a session, get that that uh, 
that information that that they needed uh, from the session, go back and finish it. Um, I've had uh, clients who um, I had a client who she's a yoga instructor and her husband is um, he does crafts as well. But they wanted to start a bed and breakfast. They don't know a lot about business, but they wanted to start a bed and breakfast. And they found this beautiful property and they kept going to the specific area on the property and just sitting there forever. And everybody would come visit, would sit there. And they had this beautiful property with these these trees that kind of warp into a circle and then like fairy rings out all over its magical property. And so they wanted to know, how can we use this property? And um, in the session, the oversoul and the spirits that live in that area said, there's a lot of fairies that live in this property. That's why you see the fairy circles. There's a lot of natural portals. That's why you see the circle things. And so um, you can use that as part of their advertising as for meditation, for yoga, for energy healing, for whatever. And the main area where everybody congregates that empty, the grass pasture area a hundred feet below it is a crystal cavern. Oh, that's a amazing. crystal, a huge crystal cavern, a hundred feet below the ground, um, and it 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 sends out energy healing. That's why all the animals congregate there. So wow. so so they're like, oh, okay, so now they are doing a bed and breakfast, but they're offering yoga, energy healing, you know, metaphysical courses nature walks uh, in, to find fairy rings and portals i mean all these different things is a is a it's a, a complete metaphysical escape from reality a little bit and also um, you get food to table food at the bed and breakfast so it's a really unique package and they're building that right now and they're building the the homes to be kind of like an icosahedron um kind of like buckyballs so That's interesting yeah so wow. i get a lot of these and these are star seeds. They come to do their little piece and then leave it a little bit better. But they get caught up like many humans in the 3D dramas. And it, the point is to not get stuck in the wheel of Dharma. Okay. Right. right. I have so, something similar actually told to me. So um, I was told that I needed to um, set up healing sanctuaries and I would yes. with my spouse who would be from the military. And at the time, I didn't know who that was, though. But, um, yeah. <laughs> military as an SSP? <laughs> and, military as a Marine. Yeah. Oh, military as a Marine. Okay, okay. Yeah. So in, in the experience, I couldn't see the face. I could only see the legs and the boots. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't, you were not ready to see the rest of the image yet. Right. They were going to give you a right. teaser. Yep, exactly. And then it would... It, Maybe maybe you told them before you incarnated that don't show me the full thing because I might reject him. Like, <laughs> like, like show me like the teaser so I can kind of slowly learn um, about yeah, think, and then think, like, get acclimated. I, too, um, I was dating somebody at the time and I think I had to close that out and learn all the lessons I needed to prior to moving on. Yeah, I, I think if I had known, I would have been like, uh, ending it too fast with this other person. Um, ah, yeah. yeah. So. That, that that happened. Definitely happens. Yeah. The other thing that definitely happens about um, using quantum hypnosis as a tool for for further information, um, also is, do you guys get a lot of people who have 
previous lives in Lemuria, Atlantis, or any other lost civilizations. Okay. What are some of the fascinating ones? And then they go and they find verifiable evidence. I know. I know. (laughs) What are some of the ones you've had? For me, I was, um, I was like an Oracle or, um, a very metaphysical type, um, healer in Lemuria. And I also used crystals. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember sliding them into these things, um, for information, um, it's interesting. Yeah. So, but I often get clients like that and we talked about what they did there. Um, we also, there was actually one where they were in the midst of a client? the, no, yeah, they were in the midst of a, an explosion or just before it like, um, before the planet blew up. Well, before, like, I think it was Atlantis and Lemuria. Oh, uh-huh. Like, went at it or whatever. Yeah. We was had, destroyed. We had, so. we had one client who was talking, he was talking about these crystals that Atlantis had developed. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they were um, quantumly entangled crystals. Mm-hmm. Did a bunch of different things at once. They were a uh, communication device. They were uh, memory storage. I mean, like literal memory storage. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a. They could be used as a weapon. All kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. The intent of the user, and mm-hmm. uh, he said that they're going to end up finding bits and pieces of Atlantis, and he named the year. I think it was this. We did the session. It was in 2021. He said within like two years. And mm-hmm. this is like, he said that the thing that they have to be careful of is, is watch if they find the crystals because that could be dangerous. Yeah. And I kept having dreams myself um, of like a, a landmass coming up off of the side of California um, in the Pacific ocean. Mm-hmm. And um, spirit told me, well, that's going to be part of Lemuria. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. According to Buddhist folklore is Lemuria is a lost as a sunken continent basically through the whole Pacific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then um, Atlantis is obviously Atlantic Ocean. But, um, but yeah, lots of fascinating stuff there. But the thing that's very interesting, and, and this is what people come to find out when they actually, besides getting into the past lives and the life between lives of, of why did I plan this or why did, what do I plan for myself for my next incarnation if I choose to incarnate again some people never incarnate again um but if they do you know what what's in store for them but the other thing also is future lives and parallel lives in the multiverse so I've had this and this is a sixth sense personal Mandela effects to be to be able to biolocate from one version of reality to another by doing inner work and raising your energy and frequency because that's how you match. It's like a tuning fork or changing a radio station. You know, you have to get to that frequency to tune into that reality that, of that unique signature. So you, so like in Buddhism and much of this is substantiated in this, in this field of science as well um, like 7.83 is the hertz frequency of the heartbeat of Earth. That's the Schumann resonance. The people that live on Earth have that subtle 7.83 Earth frequency in the aura field. Now, 
their aura field stores all the information about that soul. So all it's like your whole resume is on your aura field. Mm -hmm. It also includes the resonant frequency of the universe and the parallel reality that you exist in. Mm -hmm. So um, some people's aura field have multiple uh, frequencies that uh, match them to different multiverses. Okay, and they'll find this in science, but Buddhism has been talking about this forever. So, um, so in quantum hypnosis, I get a lot of people who who listen to the podcast and then listen to book interviews who are like, "Okay, my backstory changed, my family history changed. Where's my brother? You know that kind of stuff." So it can be jarring. My spouse. It has a different color eyes and we met completely differently. And how do I deal with this? You know, we get a variety of these personal Mandela effects. And so oftentimes there's a little bit of suggestion. Well, date nobody gets a chance to fall in love with a spouse over and over again. You get the chance. So learn, you know, so you, you, you come up with creative ways to make good suggestions yeah. or, you know, or the past, change you have been doing some inner work you begin this metaphysics stuff you've been doing this inner work you're being more clear in what you want to manifest the big huge argument that used to be a boulder in your relationship with your mom it didn't become that big of an issue because the back history has changed and now you have this great relationship so um, just take advantage of the opportunity to have this great relationship with your mom um, and then as a second opportunity, a second chance. And so like, cause she's, your mom is looking at you going, I don't know why you're acting this way to me. What did I do to you? And you're, and you're hung up on the parallel reality where you guys had issue. Right. It doesn't exist in this yeah. one. Yeah. So there's a lot of that true. kind of conversation. That's true. So what have you guys had? I think also to that point, Vaughn, is that when you go and you're with family or friends and you kind of recount um, history, so to speak, with just saying, hey, do you remember that experience when blah, 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 blah. And they said, well, that's not the way it happened. It happened uh-huh. like this. Like I-, I can give you an example. One time um, my daughter, when she was little, she was like 18 months. She went to go get her sippy cup and she tripped and sliced her little eyebrow here. And we had to take her to the ER. It was so sad. It was traumatic. She had to get stitches there. Now, she, when she told the story recently, she said, yeah, I was just starting, you know, I was starting to talk and I was telling my, my dad, daddy, daddy, they're hurting me. Well, in my reality, she said, mommy, mommy, they're hurting me. And I, so I told the nurse, you didn't numb her enough. You have mm-hmm. to, you have to numb her. She's still feeling it. She's still feeling you like, you know, put that little like hook like fish mm-hmm. hook type of thing. So it's so weird, you know? And I go, Hey, sweetie, who, who told you that you said that? She goes, Oh, my dad. But so in his reality, that's what she yelled out. Uh-huh. Interesting. So yeah. it's really, it's, it's quite a, a, an interesting little tidbit that you, you talk about here, you know, this Mandela effect. So yeah. be on different timelines and different parallel, you know, um, timelines that they're recalling. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fascinating. That was one of the first uh, things when I started doing my work with Connie that actually showed up because we'd sat down, I think it was the third or fourth session we were going to be doing. And we were talking about the Monopoly guy, the guy with the monocle. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why he looked rich was because he had the Monaco. <laughs> like now he doesn't look like he doesn't look like the rich old man. Yeah, it's right. so bizarre. And I asked her about that. I said, didn't he used to have a monocle? And she kind of looked at me and she's like, what are you talking about? I said, I said the guy, cause she had the game in her office. I said, the guy on the monopoly board, didn't mm-hmm. he have a monocle over his eye? Mm-hmm. Cause I remember him specifically having yep, one. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. She's like, no. And I'm like, okay, is she gaslighting me or am I crazy? <laughs> so, and then and then it was maybe, I'd say probably about four or five years later, I was chatting with some friends and um, he actually had a picture of a game board that actually had the guy with the monocle on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what in the hell's going on, dude? He's like, he's like, I don't know, I guess, but I remember that too and I have a picture of it. Yeah, yeah, like the lion, the lamb in the Bible is now the lion or the wolf lays down on the lamb. Yeah, that is so yeah. bizarre. We actually just saw this TikTok video with um, the gentleman who used to do a show with, who are, I forget their names, but they used to have this big show with um, Dave Wilcock would be guesting on it and Edge, stuff. Edge of, Edge of Wonder. Wonder, yeah. Edge of Wonder. So he mm-hmm. has this TikTok show where he's actually going through the Mandela effect and he goes, mm-hmm. you know how that one part in Harry Potter, the books, says this? He goes, I went and looked back and it does not say that anymore. He's like, what is going on? <laughs> like he actually, can you remember this part where um, when Harry got to Hogwarts, Harry was standing there getting ready to be put in front of the, of the uh, sorting hat. Mm-hmm. And basically Snape saw him and he, he, Snape says in the book, he says, that has to be Harry because he has Lily's eyes. Yeah. No, His mother's eyes. I know Lily's eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, in the movie, they even kind of alluded to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like you go back and look in the books now, and it's not there now. In whatever edition of the books is out now. Oh, yeah. That's happened to Trekkies, too. They remember episode that never was recorded. And they can recall the full detail of the, of the episode. I mean, I grew up and I watched Shazam with Sinbad, and he was actually funny as a genie. I recall, I recall the, uh, I do these Mandela effect. In Buddhism, we call it parallel realities. But anyways, um, I do these episodes uh, for fun as well to kind of help lightly trigger people. But they're going to get one or two response. You're going to get like, oh, yeah, like acknowledgement. Like, I know, I know what I experienced directly. It's not some bad memory. I know what I experienced. And then you're going to get like an NPC reaction where it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I call it the NPC reaction. Like if, when you when you find a, a a loophole in the video game, the video game freezes. Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't know what to do with this information, so I'm not sure if. So, like, who's the player? Who's NPC? Why are NPCs having players? Why are players having babies who are NPCs? I, that that question is probably gonna be another episode with another guest. <laughs> That's gonna be a good one. <laughs> These are funny. We're trying to figure out what's going on in reality. They're right. clients. Yeah. I so, remember having a past reading, actually. This is before QHHT reading, but a past yeah. reading with a practitioner. And she was trying to go and help me find out about my past lives. But all of a sudden she goes, okay, tell me about what you're seeing. So I was in Paris and I said, but um, I, I go, oh, she goes, well, do you have a name? And I said, yeah, it's Victoria. Victoria for victory. And she goes, oh, okay. What are you wearing? What are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm here. I'm wearing this. I'm wearing like a, but it's like almost like looks like today, like modern times. And I'm carrying this um, 
satchel type bag. And I'm like rushing into this building because I'm supposed to like, you know, carry in these documents for people. Mm -hmm. And she goes, okay, that's not a past life. That's that, that's a parallel life. And I didn't know what a parallel life was at that time. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what does that mean? That's an alter. Yeah. I, I'm like, what does that mean? And so that actually was another little breadcrumb for me. Um, after I learned about the SSP. The SSP. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the weird part, you, t- you asked about confirmations earlier, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So here like your 1943 German speaking yeah. dialect from a different reality. So here we are. And before this particular fact got brought up, I was actually describing to her a mission that one of my altars was on. And I was describing Victoria in this exact scenario. Oh. I was actually watching her from a sniper position as she went into the office. Mm-hmm. And um, when I started describing it, she's like, this is what I remember. She's telling this whole story about what she saw. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was very strange when she started, when I started describing it and she was actually also explaining what happened from her end. It was like this weird sort of confirmation. It was like, really? It's, it's like, so that wasn't, that wasn't like a, some sort of weird, you know, dream of mine. That was actually a memory. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is where I go with speculation because, um, because when you get to this part of metaphysics and conversation, I've been waiting a long time to get this part to have this conversation with people waiting for them to get to level of consciousness to have this conversation. Um, and I'm getting more and more of it, which is wonderful. Um, but the thing is, is that when you get to this part of discussing the multiverse and when you speak through the subconscious or the, the oversoul through your clients and you're, you're, you're having these conversations about the multiverse and the clients, multi, like real life Mandela, personal Mandela effects. Uh, the answer that I always get is it is not, necessary to try to figure out how it's done okay just figure out why certain things happen the way they are and find a way to navigate to the next best version of reality you're just navigating the multiverse to experience higher and higher forms of reality that have more joy and more love Mm -hmm. because that as you raise your frequency and your consciousness, you become a higher frequency being of more joy and love. You become more of a light being, you emanate more light. You, you, you basically are a living version of spirit Mm -hmm. embodied. Yeah. Or the version of you. So for instance, I've given clients the advice of, if say they've been going through depression or some addictions or whatever, I said, now you realize there's a higher iteration of you. In mm-hmm. the They're like, okay, all right. I said, now I want you, and will we, I may lead them in a meditation or what have you as I'm doing maybe an energy healing session with them. And I, I say, okay, I want you to focus on the happiest, happiest, most joyous, you know, iteration of you. And maybe at first mm-hmm. they can't like connect with it because of where they are in frequency. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just picture, you know, let's get into your heart space. Just picture what you can as far as, you know, the happiest, or maybe first I'll get them into the happiest time that they can remember in this 3d realm. Right. Right. That will help them get into, you know, visualizing and feeling the highest iteration of them. And yeah, it jumpstart. That's very good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and this there, then I say, ask that highest iteration, what you can do Mm -hmm. get there. And then they get a lot of information. Yeah, that's not really, we're just unpacking. Yeah, 
and elevating, unpack and elevate, unpack and elevate. That's just the name, the name of the game. Um, but you know, the, the thing is, the thing is, is that about these multiverses, and this is where we can speculate because it's happening in real time. That's why I don't really make predictions. And that's why when somebody sees something in a session, it might be one possible reality, but they can mm -hmm. choose to manifest it and engage in it, or they can choose not to. You still have a choice. Mm -hmm. And so Al Gore, obviously, in this reality, didn't become a president. He didn't. Um, and the Civil War that you say is going to happen in 26, 2016, that didn't happen. The United States didn't happen in 2016. So elements but of... Go one, ahead. There's one interesting fact in that, right? Mm -hmm. Al Gore did win the popular vote in Florida. Okay. Obama in 1995 was unknown. That's true. There's no, there's no way anybody would have known who Obama was at that point in time. That's true. Yeah. And I so, think beyond, beyond those two people and their free will, there's also a frequency for the collective. And so yeah. the collective decides, you know what, we're swaying more this way, mm -hmm. then that reality changes, that timeline. And so then it may not go with Al Gore. Yeah, the decision tree changes. Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting to see real-time changes in the multiverse. And I, I, I speculate because if on a collective conscious level you you get up settling to a certain frequency to a certain reality i i speculate that media is constantly trying to get us to manifest a certain reality for them and if we don't like what we see on media we could choose to change the channel and watch the discovery channel or planet earth or whatever else travel channel food channel something else we could choose something else it's like mm, yeah i'm not going to project that reality for you i'm not going to contribute to my consciousness to project projecting that reality and the other thing is when um different players okay who are a high frequency higher conscious start adding their frequency into the tapestry that can change the outcome for a certain reality in the multiverse as well so i mean these these are very metaphysical conversations buddhists have it all the time <laughs> so we can go on on and on and on and on it's really fun let me ask you a last thing about what you get from clients six senses as clients come in for one thing and they learn how to manifest more clearly after dealing with the triggers and the unknown issues that keep on recurring for them um they elevate their frequency and consciousness and six senses start coming online as they elevate new six senses come online some can be jarring and so sometimes i do six sense consultations all the time with clients all over the world and it's like no two are exactly the same and no two suggestion for anybody is going to exactly work so it's always kind of trial and error like let's try this try this try that um so I'll give you an example and, and we'll we'll leave this with uh with an example from one of your clients. So I had a client, a college student, and she loves this stuff. But anyways, she got to a certain point, she did some uh, some course in metaphysics, and all of a sudden the sixth sense of being able to see auras, not just on people, but on everything, computers, cars, bugs, everything. It was a psychedelic trip all the time she couldn't focus because mm -hmm. she's seeing everybody's rainbows all the time and so she went to a psychologist they gave her medication it basically um zombified her so she got off of that she didn't like the side effects and she'd been trying and she she found me through synchronicity and um at first it was like okay the suggestion is put some fan at night 
so you don't get bugged by other spirits who they see your light and you're easy to find because yeah. all of our we're like beacons and like like lighthouses in the dark so they you know so now they don't bug and now she can get full sleep and i worked with her to slowly focus tune it down tune it down and focus on just what you're looking at try to learn to tune you can tune out your boyfriend really good so learn to do the same apply the same to life so to, you're just focusing on this person and that person. And so she's like, oh, yeah, I'm really good at that. Okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so she did that. And so now she got to the point where she toned it down. And now it's not a psychedelic trip. And she could focus on her, her job and her school. But what she started noticing, I got a new problem, Vaughn. I'm like, what's the new problem? Now I'm seeing shadows in people's auras. So I said, okay, fine. When you talk to people, ask him if there's anything going on in that area. And she'd start doing that and that there was a pain there. If they had a neck pain, there was a neck pain. If they had a shadow around their forehead, they had a migraine, whatever the thing is. So it's like, okay, out of 8 billion people in the world, there's a reason why they came into your presence. And if they didn't want that healing, they will bring it back. So go ahead and just imagine wiping that, that smug color off, the darkness off of their aura field. and just. Like a painter, and so she started doing that. And people were like, "Oh, God, I feel so much better! Oh my God!" And, you know, and she, you know, just carry conversation. So now all she does all day is walk around in her in her life, and if she sees dark areas in people's auras, she just energy heals, energy heals, energy heals all day long. She just does it naturally. There's nothing. It's just natural. There's nothing to do. Um, no, no kind of re- process to do or ritual or chanting. She just painted away. And so all, all she does is walk around healing people all day throughout her life. But uh, thousands of counseling sessions and medications and all this, it didn't work. But once she actually started to work with it, uh, it she was able to take it to a whole different level that she never knew existed. Okay. So um, do you guys get six senses? Because your clients will come to you for six senses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And what is actually, your example? We actually had that one woman um, where mm. she she had um, so many of her gifts, but they were going into a direction that she didn't know how to bridle. Mm. <laughs> know how to like kind of like your client? She didn't know how to rein in and and channel them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, now it's to the point where this one dark energy is not leaving me alone Mm -hmm. and okay, how do I, you know, deal with it? And so we, you know, we tried some things we had about three, set it to the light. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we tried all that. It was very, um, and what we did come up with actually two clients, we, we found that her house and the land, something about the land Mm. they were, um, attached to. And so that's why they kept coming in and, um, and then the one gentleman that had something to do with the river and land where he was, that he Mm -hmm. was too. The lady in particular, we had to have her put down uh, St. Michael medals at the corners of the property. Mm -hmm. And once she did that, we also had her put down black tourmaline in each of the corners. And as she was doing it, the black tourmaline, as she placed it, she would say, I'm creating this energy grid to clean my, my land of any Mm -hmm. energy that may be here. Mm -hmm now part of this grid and uh i think it was what maybe she she had emails back i think after that was done she's like my house feels completely different oh that's good 
Yeah. Um, and she, she didn't understand that. I think a lot of times people don't understand that part of their job is to also empower, take back their power or be mm -hmm. empowered. Yeah. 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 And, and like you got you learned to have dominion over reality. Yes, you yes. have dominion now. We need to learn to have dominion. Exactly. Yes. exactly. Yeah. And and again, we always remind our clients: look, we're just helping you facilitate what you already have. Right. And you can also heal. You can heal. You know what's around you, your surroundings, your environment, all of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, two examples that come to mind specifically. And then there are other examples where they didn't necessarily realize they had certain things. And then all the thing, all of a sudden things started surfacing and yeah. they're like, Oh, Whoa. Um, you know, and, and what can I do with this? And we're like, well, let's find out about your mission and this and that. And then, yeah. And the, the oversoul will give suggestions uh, as well. Exactly. Of, um, well, we recommend that, 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 and then there's a reason why they send them to you because you have resources uh, in your life that would give them suggestions and then they can pick from those suggestions and try them out and see which one works for them. Um, but yeah, very, very, very fascinating stuff. When we go in, when you go into metaphysics, you really go into um, our consciousness of all the experiences that we have, why we manifest the experiences that we have, what are we supposed to do and, and how do we elevate to basically live and love in the higher frequencies of consciousness? Um, like I said, we didn't come here to suffer. People, no, no. you know, okay. That I was going to say that we, we tend to have is youth. Mm -hmm. um, they're like just barely in college or about to be in college. Mm -hmm. they're, they're just navigating kind of like their junior, senior year about to go in college or whether they should even go to college. Um, and so, yeah, we've had probably like five around mm -hmm. about five, five, to five to seven. And um, they're, they're uh, some of them are old souls, but they're, you know, um, distracted. And, a young body, but yeah. Mm, distracted. <laughs> They're getting caught up in the game and well, they need to them, focus. Yes, but some of them don't have supportive families or don't That's have true. Feel, um, anybody to talk to about what's going on with them as far as even their gifts or what they're seeing. Yeah. And they can be ostracized. And so they're like, okay, we feel like you're the only ones we can talk to about this. So we're like, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we talked earlier with the lady who, about the smells, Initially, we were trying to get her to do a visualization technique. Mm -hmm. um, she was having a really rough time trying to visualize what we were trying to have her visualize. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sitting. We're sitting there. We're chatting, and I finally, I finally made a suggestion to, to Jody. I'm like, we need to switch senses with this lady, and just see if there's something else we can use to get her in her right brain, right? Her, out of her left brain, the, the out of the out of the out of the analytical, analytical logical portion, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we tried having her listen to auditory. We had we tried having her imagine auditory stuff. We had we tried having her imagine, you know, tactile input. We tried having her imagine taste, mm -hmm. the smell. That was the trigger. So I'm, I'm saying this because if you guys are having issues, sometimes you're going under and you're watching our video here with Vaughn and us. Uh, try having your practitioner maybe switch which sense you're using to see if there's something that might be stronger. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. People, some people don't, they're not great visual people, but they're actually better smell people, taste people, or hearing people maybe. So, or, or tactile, you know? Yeah. Well, what's the last message that you guys want to let people know? I would say choose a modality that you feel 
um, can really get you to the highest iteration of you. And by all means, QHHT is definitely a powerful modality, but there are, you know, a lot of powerful modalities out there, but spirit will guide you to which one will help right now at this coordinate in time Mm -hmm. of your journey, your spiritual journey and your journey in life. Um, the message I would also put out there too, and I, I think what you're saying is dead on, babe. Um, but the other message I would also pin to that would be understand that um, what you're doing is in baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. You have to kind of get yourself to where you're prepping yourself for the next stage of evolution for you. Usually with a QHHT session, you're uh, rocket launching yourself into the next stage of evolution because. Mm-hmm. QHHT is designed to quickly help you weed out what the subconscious and what other issues may be there to work with, right? The subconscious will say, well, you've got these issues we can work on right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like in Jody's case, well, we, there's one issue she had and it said, well, let, let, let's, we'll negotiate with her on this. We'll come back to this. Um, there may be issues where um, maybe you have a second or third session with someone and maybe by that second session, you're now ready to work on deeper core level stuff. Mm-hmm. Because we have had that happen too, where folks they'll will be working with us. And we've had one gentleman, he's been with us for about a year now. And uh when he comes in, it's like he has these big evolutionary steps. He and his wife will be like, Oh yeah, okay. I'm now no longer doing these activities. I'm now actually doing this to actually help myself spiritually grow. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, wow. You know, so it's his it's his subconscious and the, his connection to the SC that allows him to do that. But my point is, is that be aware that what's happening is you're happening, you're progressing at the rate which which, which with which your subconscious is okay with you progressing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It will never put you in a position where you're going to suffer harm. It'll never put you in a position where you're going to be in danger. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Now I know Dolores Cannon has the idea that it's one and done with QHHT, but we have a difference of opinion there. We believe that you can do more than one because you're going to be at a different stage in life. Yeah. Um, Checking every couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We also tend to do um, an energy healing or like a debriefing type of session afterwards because they have a lot to process and they have sometimes questions or whatever. Um, Or if we do what's called an SIA session, um, and that's for people who want to access any information regarding the SSP. So right, right. that tends to help them yeah. um, process a lot of this information. That's awesome. Well, um, and like you said earlier, you don't just offer QHHT as a modality for quantum hypnosis, but you offer many other modalities. So you have a lot of tools and tricks in your in your bag there to pull out for people, which is really handy. I have been doing energy healing and metaphysics my whole life, and I'm always learning new stuff. And I never know when I'm going to pull out something that I learned like 30 years ago for a specific client. True. So, um, so you, you never know. Um, but that's the trust the source is sending you the person that's right for you right now for a reason. Um, so, Miss Jody Renosa and Mr. Will Nutter, thank you for coming back to share your quantum hypnosis findings. For more information about Will and Jody's offerings, please visit their website, which is in the show notes. It is linktree forward slash services with jaw. The exact link is in the show description. And thank you kindly 
to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Thank you. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.